I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So stay tuned, you don't want to miss it! Last time we touched the table too much and the mic picked up everything and now my all of my guys it's a learning process. It's a learning Bear process. Bear with I'm just us. Still lean on the table but I can't so I have to maybe like sit on my hands it's or fine. something. Uh okay so some of the most interesting feedback I have here on my phone. Pull it up. I'm pulling it up. For those that listened, thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. The first thing that we got was actually, not actually super, every response that anyone gave us was real and we appreciate it. Yeah, thank um, you. Some of it was really harsh, but that's cool. Haters true, gonna hate. Haters gonna hate, but true friends will also tell you the fucking truth. Sure. In a little bit. Maybe our friends are haters. Do you Maybe think? our friends are haters. Are you guys haters? We're doing pretty great. So are I you, mean, like, are you out there hating? Please write in. <laughs> <laughs> this week's thing at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the, the the biggest issue that most people had was that the show was hyper tangential, and that's really my fault. It's cool. It's part of like... Oh, see, no, that's Ian's, Okay, I know, that's... That was Ian's fucking cue to come to my aid. Oh, sorry. You're I supposed mean, to be my hey, friend, Hey, listen, bro. I'm here for you. Um, I got your back, and um, why don't we just sort of establish like a three tangent per show rule? Yeah, I like that. Okay, three tangents. So Ian and I were talking about this. It can be three tangents between the two of us for the entire episode, and when we go off a tangent, we have to call it out. One, two, three. Yeah. If our guest gets off on a tangent, that's fine. They're all our good. guest. All good. Guests can get off on on anything. The guests can get off on whatever they like. It's okay. My apartment though, so like. So like, clean up when you leave. Yeah. It's- courtesy. Okay, the other thing, and we're going to do this in the opening, but a lot of people thought that we were talking about the news. The title oh, of the show is This Yeah, thing. and I guess I could <laughs> see how they would think that. But you know what? It's a learning process, guys. It is a process. Every day we learn something new, and apparently today's was, they thought this was a news recap. Sorry, not sorry, but we hope you're still listening. Guys, it's not about the news. I mean, if the news and current events and pop culture come up, awesome but it's about our lives because we're selfish and narcissistic yeah and if you want to share something about your lives this week's thing at gmail.com my friend dylan tried to help me with my dream interpretation really he told me he thinks it's about the future he thinks that it's going to happen when i go to france that i meet someone who already has a girlfriend that i gotta snitch away honey wow dramatic right and yeah i mean dylan is a sweet guy so like i don't know why he would encourage me for such like salacious activity (laughs) but i kind of love it kind of love it thank you dylan thanks dylan big shout out to dylan and all the people that gave us feedback i mean even if it was harsh as fuck y'all but we did get our first five star rating on itunes and like i never look at that shit like i'm the last person to google myself search myself (laughs) you looked at it because i was like has anybody rated and you texted me back (laughs) no well that was actually independent of when i saw it because i just happened to be like i wonder if anyone's like i wonder if it shows if anyone subscribed or commented and we had exactly that yeah, and so thank you to the one five-star reviewer. That is very much appreciated. If you'd like to be in our five-star review club, it's Give a big... Give us a five-star review. <laughs> and, and then you'll get a big thank you. Yes. Big thank you. Because that's all we reward enough. <laughs> okay, and the last thing that I heard is from a very dear friend. I'm not going to put anyone on blast, but I was actually worried about it when I was editing it because I edit all of our episodes by hand. Thank you, Claire. Um, thank you. I would like to thank 
I was worried about this too because I sit in a coffee shop all week long editing the episode by hand and I'm listening to myself laugh and last week a highlight of the conversation was that I was laughing like Jay-Z which after the podcast was over the ha-ha thing didn't show up for the rest of the week so I'm pretty sure it was because I was nervous about the podcast and was just putting on a fake voice. That's okay that could be it. It could be it, but that's a little disingenuous, so I'm sorry, y'all. But I was listening to it in my headphones, and my laughs were a little aggressive on the ears, on the eardrums. That's all right. Um, So for fear of giving everyone occlusion, I'm going to dial back the laughter so your ears don't get fucked. Word of the day is occlusion. Occlusion. Ooh, is that the title of the episode, Ian? Maybe. We'll see. We're a little early in to decide a title. A little bit. Maybe. And the title of our episode is going to have our special guest, which you're going to hear about in just a little bit longer, but I have a few things to mention. Last week, we talked about Little Pink Houses of Hope was the charity that we did a performance of She Loves Me for. So I got them confused, okay? Little Pink Houses of Hope is vacation houses, and they send only families that have a member of their family that suffers from breast cancer to go to a vacation house on the beach, Little Pink Houses of Hope. I thought it was just going to be a like a, a charity for vacation houses, like something out of Arrested Development. No, it definitely, uh, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And apparently, the woman that created the charity, she is a breast cancer survivor, oh. and bef- the the day after her diagnosis, she went on a family vacation to the beach and asked the doctor if it was safe to do that, and he essentially told her, "You better do it now because you're with me for the next year afterward." And so that's what they do is while people are in treatment and if they have some time between chemotherapy or radiation or whatever they're choosing to do, Little Pink Houses of Hope uses their charitable funds and donations from nice people all over the world to send these cancer patients and their families to vacation to the beach. I was confusing it with Fisher House. And the Ronald McDonald House has a has a smaller faction of they, they do a lot of different varying charities at Ronald McDonald House. But both of those charities, Fisher House and Ronald McDonald, provide like home refurbishments. Um, Fisher House hmm. provides housing closer to hospitals if people who in uh, military service are ill. They can give them like a vacation home, like a really sweet Airbnb style house next to where they need to be treated if they travel far and wide. So, sorry for the confusion, y'all. You're forgiven. Thanks, Ian. I really appreciate it. The voice of the people. The vo- Ian Brodsky, the voice of the people. A memoir. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fourth book. Your Oh, your fourth book. Yes. And the first three were called? Uh, the first one was called, I don't have time for this, but I did it anyway. Okay. Uh, the second one was called, I don't know either. Ooh. Um, the third one is just, you know that shrug emotion thing that's like not um, an actual emoji, but it's like... It's just a picture of you on the front with your with just doing the shrugging, shrug. yeah. Like New York you Times bestseller, exactly. Yeah, like you can't see it right now, but I'm just like doing that right now. It's it, fine. It surpassed it's fine. bossy pants on that list. Well deserved. My Thank friend. you. Thank you. I'm very excited for that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to clarify because I was feeling super guilty about it. It actually gave me like a pit in my stomach. I listened back to the episode, and I we were talking about Glee and the character of Becky and that school shooting episode, and it was all very dramatic, y'all, dramatic. But I had a slip of the tongue and said that autism and Down syndrome were diseases. They are not. They are they're, they're disabilities and dis- and classified in the medical community as disorders. So I went to Autism Speaks to learn more because I want to learn more and I want to be educated and and why the hell not everyone should be and obviously I was ignorant about it so let's all learn together stay woke friends stay woke stay fucking woke okay 
According to Autism Speaks, autism is a complex brain disorder that can manifest itself in intellectual disability, difficulties in motor coordination and attention, and physical health issues such as sleep and gastrointestinal disturbances. But, silver lining, some persons with the condition excel in visual skills, music, math, and art, Hmm. which I think is very cool and super awesome. And I also happen to read on another site that autism should be thought of less as a disease and more as a, quote, difference. This helps families who support an autistic family member or friend to teach others more about their brain and its development. Hmm. And according to Medical News Today, Down syndrome is a chromosomal disorder caused by an error in cell division that results in an extra 21st chromosome. The condition leads to impairments in both cognitive ability and physical growth that range from mild to moderate developmental disabilities. All right. So I learned, I learned a lot today just reading about that. And I just wanted to let anyone know that if they were going to send hate mail, send it along anyway and then listen to the second episode and feel bad because I rectified the situation. Boom. <laughs> Boom, y'all. Knowledge on knowledge on knowledge. All right. Ian, tell me about your week without what? going into the thing that happened this week yet. Okay. Actually, well, in that case, it's going to be quick because my week was pretty boring. But it's nice to have a boring it week, is. isn't it? It has been so busy on my end, and I know this is the second time I'm saying that, but it has been very busy, and it's all amazing things and things that I'm super happy to be like working on and super, I'm not going to say blessed, um, super grateful to be a I'll part of. I'll say it. Hashtag blessed. Ian Brodsky is hashtag blessed. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Monday was my girlfriend's birthday, so we uh, went out and that was fun. Um, that was very nice. What um, kind of restaurant? I took her to Oh, I assumed little... that you went to a restaurant, but yeah, you didn't say we to did. eat. We did. Oh. In my mind, that's what I was thinking, so I guess we're just on the same well, page. Well, in my um, mind, I'm going to Carolina, so. So yeah, well, um, we, we went out, we ate, we drank, it was great. And then just every day after that has just been work, 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 work. You didn't work, answer like my Rihanna question. Said. What kind of restaurant? Oh, I'm so sorry. I w- we went to this little uh, taverny kind of place in Chelsea called Merchants. I used to go there all the time with uh, coworkers when I was at Container Store, and it was it's funny because they have like a bite a, a basement. They have a basement area. They have a basement at the Container Store, y'all. No, this is at Merchants, but <laughs> oh, at Merch at Merchants. So Merchants has this basement that has a fireplace. And for some reason, we would only As every go... good basement does. Yeah. And it's a little, like, loungy area. It's beautiful and warm, and you drink. And the only time we would ever go to that area was, like, during the hottest months of the summer. And, like, during the coldest months of the winter, we would just go to any other bar. But the food is... So it's is... stifling outside, and you're like, you know what I really want to do tonight, guys? I want to go sit by the fire. Exactly. <laughs> that gets me! Yeah. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> So that's where it took her, um, but we didn't see it. We didn't sit by the fireplace. Um, you weren't in a romantic fire kind of mood. No, nah, she she was feeling very like physically warm. So she so I was like, okay, like because we'll you do were the standing nearby. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. Check it out, Merchants on Seventeenth and Seventh. So that was probably the highlight of my week because ever since then it's just been work, and now we're recording. My week was pretty easy peasy because I didn't have any auditions scheduled, which is really weird. Normally I have like 10 to 15 a week. Great. Yeah, I I, I mean, I just love to go into a room for Every 35 seconds and have my, have my whole existence demeaned. I just really love watching people eat delicious snacks while I'm trying to sing some fucking Sondheim. No, the week was really... Um, chill easy peasy we haven't had a lot of hot water and the radiators just kicked in so we had to new york city y'all so we had to uh steam some mold 
spice water on the stovetop so the room smelled like Christmas. Mm. And we watched Hocus Pocus in Halloween Town. The time of the year. Yeah, we being me and my roommate Amelia and um, her friend who is now my new friend, Oana. And yeah, it was a fun girls' night. That was a cool, great, cool little blip in the week. Yeah. Cool. Anything else we need to say before we introduce our super awesome special guest? Let's please introduce our super awesome special guest. super special awesome first in studio slash Ian's apartment guest comic cartoonist and all-around cool cool guy Branson Reese welcome Branson hi everybody hey 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 thanks for having me thanks for being here yeah my pleasure thanks for agreeing to do this podcast we have no credentials oh yeah I'm (laughs) I'm down to do a podcast Have you done a podcast before? Oh, yeah. I've done podcasts before. Oh, oh, he's done podcasts. Oh, yeah. The same. He's, he's, the, pro this, he's the pro in this room. I did a live podcast Ooh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. With who? It was, uh, it's my friends. They do this one called Invitation to Love. It's like a love-themed podcast, cool. which I guess I'm promoting right now. Check out Invitation. Should I not do that? No, no please do. Oh, okay. I, did, I got a look. Oh, I was like, I'm oh, sorry, no, no, it's no, like no, a rival. No. My eyes were shocked because I was just, I was enamored at the idea of a podcast about enamoration i felt like that was it's a great podcast nate wagoner and alicia camden run it hey nate hey alicia i'm gonna listen yeah keep up the good work y'all i'm always looking for new podcasts. oh you were immediately on board with their pod all right sure, yeah, yeah. Um, just yes ending like i was taught to do in improv 101 oh yeah, yeah. well the upright citizens brigade did well by you exactly now so branson reps the magnet it's true it's true we branson- can still be friends <laughs> yeah no i really it's a it's a battle it, yeah those theaters are no they're not nobody no, not nobody cares <laughs> we're all just a bunch of people telling dick jokes well yeah. so for those that aren't in new york city and aren't privy to the world of comedy and improv and their training grounds here i think these two guys are the best to explain it to you so talk about where you guys trained and other improv theaters they should check out and cool shows that you've been witness to etc cetera, etc cetera. sure uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll just make mine short because uh, people know Upright Citizens Brigade because Amy Poehler was one of the founders. Um, so that's where I have been studying and taking classes in improv and sketch and met a lot of awesome people and seen a lot of awesome shows. And, and actually, I think there is quite a, quite a bit of crossover between Magnet and UCB with like the people, the performers and the teachers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do stuff at the Magnet. It's on 29th Street. Uh, it's a good theater. I've been doing stuff there for like four or five years now. I got involved with them through a part of this company called Story Pirates. The gist of it is that it's an arts education company that takes stories the kids write, turns them into sketch comedy shows to get the kids to write more. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really Amazing. fun. That is that is so cool. Like, it's, I you know, I... I definitely, I work with kids every single day and just watching the shows that they're watching on Disney Channel and stuff, I'm like, oh, you could do so great if I like told you to write a sketch about X, Y, and Z. Like, I I just feel like they need that. They need it so badly. Yeah. It's good to, it's cool too to like introduce early to a kid the idea that like the stories that they watch or that they're familiar with like do come from somewhere. And they're not just like these things that exist independently of people, like people make stories that like opens up the ownership of storytelling for them yeah great so Branson and I went to high school together and the last time we saw each other I was maybe 
Can we fit? I bet it was at a show. Do we know which show well, it was? So Branson hosted a benefit concert for our friend Rima, who passed in the Virginia Tech shooting. And so we have a really amazing charity in her name, the Angel Fund. Every spring, every June, mm-hmm. they put on this cabaret and benefit concert in her honor. And so Branson was hosting it the last time that I was home to perform in it. Yeah, that's the last time we saw each which other. Which was 2012, maybe? I think I hosted that year, yeah. Yeah. You know, we miss Rima, and we love her whole family so much and what they're doing. I mean, I won Rima scholarship, and that oh, was wow. one. I was oh, awarded it. I was awarded it when I graduated high school. And um, to do that with a great family like the Samahas is It's great. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, they're the best. But then the time before that, the Branson saw me. I was 14. My collarbone was broken by my brother. Oh, my God. I remember that. <laughs> Wait, what was the story? How did he break your collarbone? So you're involved in this story. Not, oh, God. Not do I have to go to jail? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, this is all have, an elusive prank. I have, oh, I have two. This is why you're here, Branson. We brought you here. No, so I have two hilarious stories that Branson is involved in, and I, and I actually kind of distinctly associate Westfield High School with. Oh, God. There's, before, I always, like, hear stories related back to my past that, like, I don't remember, and it's like, (laughs) I was a villain. I don't remember this at all. Well, mine are negative. I think they're hilarious. Oh, great. Cool. So, at the end of my freshman year and Branson's senior year, Branson was in the same class as my brother, Kevin. We um, did a production of Oklahoma, which a lot of high schools do, but this was, like, a pretty lofty Oklahoma. I was literally just talking to somebody about this. Literally yesterday, I was describing that production of Oklahoma that we did, and I was talking about, like, you know, just, like, a story of stuff that went down during that. And their response was, like, wow, you guys sound like a bunch of assholes. <gasps> no. No, it's fine. I mean, like, I think we were just, like, rowdy boys, like, who were all 18 or 17 yeah. at the time. So, like, oh, of course we were, like, not behaving well. But of course. I remember the stories being very fun. Um, Ian, have you ever done Oklahoma? No, and I want you so bad. Who, who do you want to be in Oklahoma? Will Parker, duh. Duh. So that's who my brother was. And oh, he, had, he was great, yeah. He had to learn how to lasso. That's all I want out of my life. You can learn to lasso. I could. I can do anything. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, no, you can do anything. <laughs> you, you can. You can do yeah. anything. Thank you. Oh God, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. So we so we had this this cast party for Oklahoma, and the cast party was at someone's house where they had a really big basement, and the boys, these senior boys that were so talented but a little raucous, maybe, were having like a fight club moment. I mean, we set my friend on fire. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, what? what the fuck? Yeah, Chris Ercolano, we set, I'll say his name, and I'll say who did it, too. Like, that, I'll name names. I don't, I don't give well, a shit. Well, Chris Ercolano was a trip and a half because he got, like, nine concussions in a year. Like, he got so many concussions. Yeah, he... <laughs> He got a concussion one time, like, calling back a concussion. that He, he was, like, doing, like, a parody of his concussion and got a real concussion. So I we set him on fire. Said, that's what I'm waiting for. I don't know why we set him on fire. There was just, like, a day in theater class where I, like, what we were, like, our teacher just, like, left us alone. And I, like, walked into the boys' dressing room. I was like, what's that distinct smell that I've never smelled before, but I now know is the smell of human flesh burning? Oh, my God. Oh, it sucked, Yeah. And then, like, it was, like, Chris with no shirt on with his back up against the wall, like, looking casual. He was like, oh, what's, what's going on? And our friends Haroon Hader and Dallas Sweezy were, like, also in there with them. And, like, I think I remember somebody having, like, a newspaper held up, like, trying to look casual. And they had, I know, they had just, like, poured, like, aftershave on his back and set it on fire. Which, like, I don't want to get into the details, but it's, like, part of a tradition 
To set like, someone on no, fire? No, 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 just with the aftershave, like, burning oh. that. But, like, they just did it oh, on his back. Yeah, the boys' dressing room had these really hooded, secret, like, initiations and stuff at the top of, like, opening night of every show. And the girls weren't allowed to go in, but if you were the one, oh like, God. token girl that was invited into the ritual, it was a big deal. That and tradition I- sucks so much. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed at that. And oh, you, I bet you it's so still funny. going on. Oh, I'm sure it is. Because God. they're like, we've always done it this way. Yeah. I remember there was like some event where they're like, no, every every girl can come in for this one. And I was like, this is so, what, what is going on? This is bad. This is so dumb. Well, what was so cool, I was telling Ian before we started recording that the cool thing about Branson Reese, I mean, I, I hope this is a nice thing to say, but the cool thing about you is that like, you were easily one of like the most popular guys in, in school, but you were very level-headed and like, chill about it and you, oh, would, thanks. you you would be the one to say like guys i mean i know we said it's a tradition but it's fucking stupid like, it just is so <laughs> dumb this like it's like oh all the boys get together and do this real thing at the exclusion of other cast members <laughs> in our show who outside of theater are like very close friends with us it's like yeah let's like ostracize them for no reason <laughs> so yeah so this was happening at this cast party and uh and the boys are kind of uh rough and tumble with each other and somehow like a kind of a fight circle starts and so uh branson has a younger brother ben hey ben thinking of you buddy um (laughs) hey hang in there buddy (laughs) no i'm about to put you You on blast buddy (laughs) we believe in you so ben uh ben pulls branson into this kind of fight ring and they're and they're like pushing each other around and it's like a brother i don't remember this fight and Ben kind of like beats you out of the ring, and people were like, "Whoa, cool, younger brother beat oh, older brother." Oh, he's for people who don't. He is like bigger than me. Like we're the he same. Is, yeah. We're like about the same height. He's just like much broader than I, his like shoulders. Just like go like mine don't go very far, and his like do the <laughs> what their supposed shoulders are supposed to do. <laughs> um, and he's just like stronger than me. He's been stronger than me for forever. That really like fucked with our brother dynamic when yeah. we were kids. We're like you know like older brothers to younger brothers. It's like. Oh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna like dominate this kid, and like very early on, it's like oh, I can't really touch Ben, or he'll he'll destroy me. Yeah, so he, I mean, he and he destroyed me. Yeah, yeah he, he was beat like, the yeah. shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then, so then, everyone, uh, you know, as high schoolers do, is like that was hilarious. Let's make it happen again. So they're like siblings, siblings, siblings. But the only other siblings are the manship siblings. So they thought it was hilarious, and I'll and I'll throw some people on fucking blast now. Do it. Garrett Henson, Leslie Roth, a few others, Red Rovered me into the circle with my brother. And oh my the, God. And the party is so loud. No one can hear me talk. Like, my brother can't even hear me, and he's like a foot away from my face. And everyone's like cheering and chanting and jeering, and everything is so fucking crazy. And Kevin's like, Haha, Claire, like, are we going to do this? And I flat out was like, no, idiot. <laughs> like, shouted, oh I God. shouted it at him. But apparently he was like, okay. <laughs> Went to like grabbed me and he like Hulk Hogan style picked me up over his shoulder and dropped me on my shoulder. This is like when you read stories about like Black Flag when they were all like 20 and they're like fighting with each other over like a Snickers bar and it's like that's (laughs) what this 18 year olds shouldn't be allowed. I think it's bad that 18 year olds can vote like that's (laughs) these are not people whose brains are like at a good healthy place yet. 
So, so anyway, you know, and that's not to put my brother on blast because afterward he felt really bad. He brought me flowers. He carried my backpack and did all my chores for all six weeks that I was in a sling. And he still, I mean, it's a funny story now, but I think he still like feels bad about it. I mean, how could you, how could you not? not. Yeah. Murked your sister. That sucks. (laughs) Have you broken a bone, Ian? Never. Um, I've gotten like some very like, I mean, I danced for a long time, but I've never been injured because of dancing. Mm -hmm. Like I sprained my ankle on the way to an inner, to a a muggle job interview once just by tripping over myself on the sidewalk. Cause that, (laughs) cause that's how I injure myself. (laughs) But like, I, and like I've, I've fallen and I've been bruised and anything. I've never broken a bone. Like I, it's been pretty tame, but I'm also a pretty boring person. So that's that. I don't think you are. Well, thank you. I think you're very interesting. Thank you. But yeah, like I've never, I've just never have. And both my parents have broken so many bones. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I broke my, speaking of my brother, I broke my brother's arm when we were kids. Well, see, this makes me feel a little better now. Ben and I are in a club. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, speaking of, like, him, he just, like, he's not, like, a huge dude or anything. He just, like, you know, he's, like, a, he's strong. Uh, and this is, like, plays into that, like, when I was, I think I was eight and he was six. And, like, that had already, that dynamic had already developed. So I, like, this, like, Machiavellian kid, I, like, tricked him into breaking his, I didn't touch him. I just, like, that. I didn't do it to hurt him. I did it because I was, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta test something out before I do it. I was like, I, I told him I had done a flip off of, we had bunk beds, and I told him I had done a flip off of it. I was like, oh, it was great. It was easy. I can't do it again. Though. I'm so tired. Like, you should do it. Because my <laughs> my thought was like, if he can do it, then I'll be able to do it. If he does it successfully, I'll do it. Oh, boy. I'll do it too. And so he, he like, immediately was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And just like climbed up to the top and did a flip. And he did it. He did a flip. He just like went a little far and like landed on his arms and one of them just like crumbled oh, and he God. just like he had an extra i mean it was like a he normal had an break extra arm. he just had like an, an extra, extra yeah he had an extra arm so he just put that one on uh and that's when i found out my brother's an android <laughs> and how's taylor doing she's good branson's, she just moved to raleigh branson's uh, younger sister is the youngest of, of the three of them mm-hmm. And she just moved to Raleigh. She just moved to Raleigh. She loves it. What's she doing there? Finishing out school. Great. Right there, yeah. Oh, she's working at Madewell. Madewell is a fierce is a fierce company. Ooh. Yeah. She's fierce. I yeah, she's she great. She is fierce. The other one is pretty Machiavellian too. I told oh uh, I told Ian that when we auditioned for our high school production of Our Town, we had audition groups for our shows in five or six people and outside the room and Branson barely knew me. He was a friend of my brother's, but he barely knew me and he turned to me and he goes, we don't know each other very well. So I feel comfortable telling you that I have not prepared a monologue for this audition and I'm going to make one up. Whoa, what a weird power move. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't in that like weird radio voice that I just put on, but like, but we went in and you were the first of the group, maybe the first of the whole audition for, for everything. And the director's like, Branson, what have you brought? And you said, like, I brought something from, and you made up the name of a play, like, A Winter's Night, in, like, uh, A Winter's Night, December or something, and by Edward Albee. Like, you picked a very lofty playwright. Well, I put, <laughs> easy to look up that I was lying. <laughs> and then you did a two-minute monologue, and you said thank you. And then uh, the director and the assistant director and everyone are kind of talking amongst themselves. And you look back at me and you give me this look like, please don't ask me for adjustments. Please don't ask me to do it again. Like, oh, my God. And, yeah, you made up this monologue and no one was the wiser. And then he was cast as the lead in our town. Holy so shit. it's fine. Hell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Yeah, I love that story. <laughs> but every time I think of Branson, I, I think of this, like, genius. You're right. It was a power move. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I want to I – 
grab shit like that in my life. Like, I want to make up monologues on the spot. Like, I want to be a bigger artist. Like, I just think about that all the time. Cool. I mean, the whole Reese family, we miss you. We're sending you energy from New York, all the vibes. And we hope that hearing all of our voices is a comfort that New York hasn't gotten us yet in the back. Yeah. Guys, I know, hey, my to my family, who I know are all huddled around their earphones listening like it's one of a like a fireside chat like i love you i'm here for you um i saw you like two weekends ago i'll see you again soon (laughs) you guys seem great yeah they're amazing they're amazing people and really just such such a loving family like you walk into their house and it's like the vibes are there oh thank you totally yeah so branson why don't you tell us the thing that happened this week for you yeah absolutely i um So the thing that happened to me this week is my very petty and very stupid dream came true. I finally, after like, I mean, after like a week of trying to get it to happen, I got blocked on Twitter by Dilbert's own Scott Adams, creator of Dilbert. Yeah, the creator of Dilbert, he got sick of me on Twitter and blocked me. (laughs) How did this, like... Can you, can you break this down a little bit? Like- Absolutely. I would love to break this down for you. It's all I've been thinking about. It's so petty. It's so dumb. But it's like, I'm very excited by it. Like, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm so happy for you right now. Because yeah, as thanks. soon as I asked you that, you're like, okay, it is on. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so I guess like to back up, it's 1998. I'm 10 years old. I'm reading Dilbert in the paper. I've got like a Dilbert collection, like Shave the Whales or something. I'm reading it and I'm... <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, this will do. This is, like, good enough uh, as far... Like, I loved... When I was, like, 10 or 11, like, I loved newspaper comics. What is... What is... Because my dad, I think, had, like, a Dilbert Day tear-off calendar. Like He was big in the, like, yeah, tear day. Yeah, like, what what is the concept? It's kind of like an office cubicle guy, right? He's an office cubicle guy. He's basically just, like, a male Kathy. That's, like, the idea behind Dilbert is this, like groundbreaking but also boring comic strip Kathy from like the late 70s Dilbert 10 years later somebody thought what if we made it a man and then that (laughs) became very successful and I think like a few I've read like I've gone back and read a few and like early on it's just about like a loser who's like tie won't go right and he talks to his dog like you know it's just like a cart comic strip about a loser and then it starts to like focus a little bit more on his work life and it becomes yeah this like white collar like cubicle just guy who's like sarcastic but weak-willed and like it's written by this guy scott adams who like used to work i think he used to work at bell pacific and like hated his life and hated his job I mean, basically, the thing is, like, he escaped capitalism. And then, like, years later, so I guess he, like, forgot where he came from, or I don't know where his allegiances lied, but he, like, became, like, an MRA. He was, like, a men's rights activist and this, like, red pill. And you guys know these, like, red pill lifestyle dudes that oh, are, like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's so dumb. Even to talk about it feels like you're, like, roasting the idea of it. It's these, like, dudes online who are, like, like in the Matrix. You get the blue pill or the red pill, and the red pill, like, wakes you up to the Matrix, And it's just these guys that are like, yeah, I'm like, I've woken up to reality and what it really is. And that's what, that's who Scott Adams is. And he's like become this weird dude online who just like, he writes these, like, so basically, I know like where we're going with this is like, he early on is he was like, I'm voting for Hillary. Don't worry, liberals. Uh, And then (laughs) used that to like play devil's advocate and just like talk about like how cool and powerful and persuasive Donald Trump was. 
And eventually people are like, yeah, we're not buying it. Like, you're a Trump supporter. Either one, like, you're still, like, a millionaire and that sucks. Like, I hate you no matter what you're doing. Right. Like, you know, a millionaire shouldn't exist. But, like, he's used that position to, like, be super, like, just to indulge this gross part of himself that's like, I actually think Trump is pretty cool and has some really cool ideas. Yeah. That. Gross. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what the views of your listeners are, but, you know, if those are your views, I don't respect you. So, uh. (laughs) Like, that was... We don't really respect him either. Yeah, we're all on the same page here. Anyway, he's like a petty old baby man. He's just been, like, talking a lot lately. So it's like, how can you not... Like, you can't blame me. Like, I just want to get a rise out of this dude. Like, of course, who could blame me? Like, this guy had the option to just be a millionaire that nobody thought about. Which, to me, is like, that's like, what else could this guy want from his life? It's perfect. Yeah. And, but he didn't. He, like, had to be notable for, like, being a smart guy. And he's, so he's obnoxious. And anyway, I sent him, I kept sending him pictures of Dilbert. Like, I sent him a, I did a fake, so I'm also an artist, and I make, I make art myself. And I kept, I sent him, like, a comic strip of Dilbert the size of a dog, like, in a doggy crate at the vet's office. And, like, <laughs> Dogbert is there with him, and he's getting the news from another dog who, this is so difficult to explain but if you see the comic it makes sense right away uh he's getting the news from another dog yeah link to my like grotesque obscene (laughs) dilbert art and he's like getting the news from another dog that's like he's in pain we've got to put him down and then the last panel is just like dogbird crying and i keep sending it to him i was like is this canon it messed me up and he you know he was like ignoring it but i got like so I'll send it to him, and then I get, like, a thousand dudes with, like, Pepe Frog icons, like, yelling at me. That's like, oh, it shows how dumb you are. Like, this guy's too smart to argue with you. And then I sent him one that was naked Dilbert in the cubicle. It was just, like, a single panel of him, like, naked and nervous. This is my favorite one. It's really gr- – I feel gross about it, but also, like, like hell yeah. Like, I'm glad I made this. <laughs> he, It's, like, Dilbert, Dilbert, like, walking to Catbert's office. I don't, like, remember how the world of Dilbert works very well. I just remember there's a character named Catbert. And it's naked <laughs> Dilbert walking to Catbert's office, and he's saying to him – and he's, like, nervous, and he's saying to himself, like, steady there, Dilbert, oh, boy. You only get one chance to fuck Catbert, so don't mess it up. And that's it. And he's naked. And I kept sending it to Scott Adams like over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, is this canon? Like, I don't, like, I saw this ran in my newspaper when I was 10 and it really messed me up. Like, could you explain this? And he like wouldn't respond, but people were responding and they were like, whoa, is this real? It's pretty messed up if it's true. So what was the impetus for, are you, just, were you just a huge fan of Dilbert and then, and then later turned it into your own project or like how, how did it start taking such a twisted turn? It's yeah. such a good question. I don't really know the answer to, I like wish I had a better answer for it than this other than like, I would love to see the app that like figures out if my, so I did a pregnant Dilbert. Was where, I would love to see the app that like has to scan that pregnant Dilbert. <laughs> And it's like, sorry, Scotty, that's a that's an original piece there. <laughs> so, so now. I should pay attention to this stuff actually, because I actually don't know like legally what I can do with these characters and what I can't do. And I put my name on all of it. Like I could, I might go to jail one day. I hope I don't. But nah. I assume, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, who's gonna sue somebody for like making a pregnant Dilbert? Anyway, where this went was, I kept sending it to him over and over and over again. And finally, one of them just, like, took off. Like, I think it was the naked Dilbert one. That, like, took off, and, like, a bunch of people were responding to it. And then a, a few of my friends were, like, commenting on it. They were like, whoa, is this re-? And they were playing along. They like, is this real? Like, actually, yeah, I remember this running in my newspaper when I was, like... And we were, like, creating this alternate history that it ran in a few <laughs> papers. It got him to block me, and it was like, ah, oh, this, this is great. Then... 
I was so happy. I, I got him to block me. All it meant it was like I wanted him to see that picture of naked Dilbert. <laughs> and he saw it and he didn't like it enough to block me. And then so then it like things heated up a little bit there after that. I was like I was happy that he blocked me. But I had another one that I was like ready to send to him. Dilbert with like his shirt on and then like the curve of his pregnant belly. And out of his out of out of him was coming Scott Adams' head. So I did a picture. I mean, I'll show it to you. I had like a picture of Scott Adams, like from Twitter. And I just did that picture of his head. Sorry, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, here it is. I pinned it, of course. Uh, there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, there you go. It's Scott Adams. You've I seen it. I saw this. He's coming on out of Dilbert there. And Dilbert's like nervous and sweating. Uh, and if like, you oh. all want to see the piece, it's called Dilbert. By Branson Reed. Yeah, if you search Dilbert on Twitter, <laughs> I now, it's, like, not fun for me to check Twitter anymore. I'll, like, get up in the morning. Like, oh, yeah, I have, like, 12 new notifications. I'm like, this is sick. You should be ashamed of yourself. But it's all the people, it's all the same people that are, like, complaining about, like, PC culture that are, like, right. yelling me me about this. I was like, this is a pretty really? un-PC thing that I've done. It feels like you guys would love this. Obviously, that's a disingenuous argument. Well, I, I know you don't love this. When I was last in Austin, I went to an art show. This is tangent number two or one sure. and a half. I went to an art show in Austin where I bought a couple of pieces by Jason Bruick that are like famous pieces of art. Like yeah. um, one is the Water Lilies by Monet, mm-hmm. and then he has superimposed pinup girls. Oh, cool! In, yeah, in these situations. So, like in the Monet one. This girl is taking one of the water lilies full of water and like bathing herself, and she like her dress is askew and like falling down. And then another is like a famous photo of New York City at sunset face downtown. And there's this girl King Kong style, like with the whole like with the garter belt and everything hanging out, hanging off of the Empire State Building mm-hmm. by the spire, you know, like oh, with cool. the wind blowing up her dress. I mean, at that point, it's like what might have started as like you know imitation being a high form of flattery became a whole new art form. It's a mixed media, yeah. beautiful art form. There's a cool There's a cool piece by this artist, Brandon Bird, who I like a lot. Do you guys know Brandon Bird? No. He's exactly. really good. He's just this like, very talented artist who, he he's like really into doing drawings of like characters or actors from like pop culture and just putting them in like absurd situations. And he talks a lot about this. It's like, what are you, when you are like juxtaposing ideas like that, like what are you saying with it? And like what it sounds like we're saying with that is like our ideas of beauty have shifted. The Dilbert thing is like, I hate you, man. I want you to look at this. It's like not sophisticated at all what I'm saying. How many did you send? Oh God, I sent that one a few times. I mean, I've sent like, I keep sending Newt Gingrich this picture of him as a crab. Oh my God. And he won't, I mean, he's, I mean that there's always people talking to him online. He'll never see it. Well, but, but do you think politicians run their own? With the exception That's the of thing. Trump. It's going to be a staffer. Yeah. There's that the story. Is like part, like my my uncle's an actor and like he has an assistant run his Twitter. But I remember I think my favorite thing I ever read about Newt Gingrich was like an open letter to him and like the P.S. was like you look like a sack of mashed potatoes in a suit. He I mean he's I think we can all agree that guy's like a cold sore on American politics. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm happy yeah. to. But he just like he's not going to care. These I always keep like picking these targets of people that like aren't going to respond to me. They aren't going to care. I sent uh, I did a piece of like Ricky Gervais dressed. To Sailor Moon, and I keep sending it to him because that guy's like such a—he's such a dude. Is like, whoa, did I offend you? Like, what's, do you have like a problem? Is this like PC culture? How would you respond if people spoke to you the way you speak to like it's marginalized so, groups? Like, it's like it's so like non-threatening too. Wow, Branson, there's so much to flesh out here, Ian. I'm yeah. gonna let you go first. Oh God, I I think I I don't know. Like, I've... okay, so so far in the story, we have. 
Branson's interest in comics and where that came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? How, how well, even that came from like that's a, we were talking about my dad earlier. Like that, I remember that distinctly as a kid. Like he got me a Far Side book, and I was like I was really young, and I remember him getting that for me. Everything from the Far Side to to the New Yorker has some of the most like interesting, intricate, like smart, savvy cartooning. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just amazing. One of my teachers from UCB, his brother is a regular cartoonist at the New Yorker. Whoa! Yeah, what? he's all. Yeah, he's Was all he in that cartoon. documentary? I don't know. I didn't see the documentary. Oh, you gotta watch this documentary. Okay. Have you seen this documentary about the New Maybe? Yorker cartoonist? Oh no. Oh man, I think it's HBO, and it was okay. incredible. But yeah, I mean, like he's always in there, and like because it's such a political time, like his stuff is actually in there. It's made it, and it's some. It's really good shit. That's so, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, well, yeah, but that like got me interested in the Fireside. Like, got me interested in comics when I was a kid. And like, I read Calvin and Hobbes and all. You know, like I liked a bunch. And like, Dilbert was part of it. I liked it. It just was like a thing that passed through. You know, like you're a kid, you don't have like taste yet. Part of what I like hold against Scott Adams is just like just admit you're dumb. Admit you're a dumb guy who like doesn't actually have very well thought out or nuanced opinions. Like I'm a dumb guy who doesn't have very well thought out or nuanced opinions. Just like Same. admit it. Yeah, just say Yo, it. Yo, I am also a dumb guy who doesn't have very well thought out or nuanced opinions. Okay, and well, I'm I feel a very so... smart woman that has fully formed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you are, you are. But like, he just isn't, and he's fooling himself. And it like it makes me embarrassed to watch because it reminds me of the part of myself that like digs myself in deeper and deeper, talking about shit I don't know about. You know, it's my job to torment this stranger. I'm not tormenting. I've, like, annoyed him a little bit. And that was all. I mean, what, right. what does this say about social media and reaching out to celebrities? Is he a celebrity? Does he? No. No. <laughs> no. No. no, he doesn't get it. Well, I mean, because I think, like, I mean, you were telling me about him, and not that I'm going to equate him to that, uh, to Martin Shkreli, the pharmacist. No, guy, go ahead. Yeah, equate him to Martin Shkreli. Fine, okay, I just got your permission. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, the guy who yeah, looks who like bought... me, the does he look? Like He's like my number one. He looks one... like a punchable version of you. Oh my god! Like you're you a good-looking guy. Like he's he like you look at him and you're like, fuck this guy. And then you find out that he like bought AIDS medication and raised the price like literally like thousands guy, yeah. of percent. Is that the doppelganger you get, Branson? That was when he was in the new. I mean, look, obviously that guy hurt a lot of people way worse. To... I'm like bottom of the totem pole of like who. Yeah, you just wrong, bothered but, like... someone. He, no, in terms of, like, oh. who Martin Shkreli has wronged. Like, oh, okay. there just was, like, a three-month period when he was in the news where, like, that was the celebrity I was getting the most. God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not a fun one to be no. associated with. And I, he's such a little turd. Too. My friend Mary turd. interviewed him for um, Seriously TV. Okay. She interviewed him. She was, it was great. She, like, held her his feet to the fire. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, like, you were always... talking about him, and, like, that's what I, like, imagine this guy to be, like, friends with. Yeah. They're listening to that. Like, uh, Martin Shkreli bought, like, one co- like the one single copy of a Wu-Tang Clan album for, like, millions of dollars. Yeah. And even the Wu-Tang Clan was like, yeah, we don't want to give it to you. Whoa. He's, I mean, he's a bad, but he, I mean, that is sort of the same, like, type of guy that Scott Adams is, where he's like, I'm going to say something to get under your skin. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have a problem? I'm with just what? being me. Like, I don't know what your problem is. I'm just being me. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It, I guess it does. It does get under my skin, and so it's like oh, I'm gonna get under your skin now. But that's not perpetuate the, first time the I've cycle heard of violence. Of like, like I've heard of people like walking up to like celebrities that they don't know, but like have annoyed them like on a TV show they watch and have like purposefully annoyed them back. Yeah, I do feel a little more justified in going after him. Was like stop talking about how Trump's like a cool dude. 
Or even the way he, like, the things that he says that are, like, flattering of Hillary. It's like, no, that's wrong, too. Dude, you just, like, everything he's saying is wrong. Uh, and, you know, that's my take on him. Anyway, the um, the the one thing that, like, ha- the, like, epilogue, I guess, of this story is a friend of mine, there was this pregnant Dilbert thing that I sent out. I was bummed Scott Adams wasn't going to get to see it because I was blocked by him. So my friend was, I, like, tweeted it. My friend was nice enough to, like, share it in a way that it was visible to scott adams and he sent it to scott adams he was like hey man is this canon and scott adams responded to that one whoa and yeah he responded and he like screenshotted it and he was like oh, just a normal day on twitter for me and that was why that was the response that like now i'm still dealing with people yelling at me wow about that i mean it's like fine i don't it is totally fine i don't mind him doing that and i will say scott adams like seemed to be a relatively good sport about that one like People were responding to me with this, like, this is gross, but it was actually a pretty good drawing. And Scott Adams would favorite those, which I took to mean that he, like, agreed with that sentiment. So it was like, oh, yeah, admit that I'm a better artist than you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Go to hell. (laughs) That's real. I mean, what in your life fires you up enough to, like, lash out in that way, Ian? Nothing. Like, I am, like, like, I'm so non-confrontational in the way that, like, I'll just, like, I will call someone up about it or, like, text someone about it like, oh my god, you'll never guess what happened today, and I'm so mad. But, like, A, it takes a lot for me to get fired up. And B, like, I, I don't know, like, I just don't, like, re- I'm just not a very reactionary person, I don't think, to a lot of things, or I just deal with it very well. I, I, I don't know. Like, I can only think of a few instances where I've actually, like, lashed out on friends, and it's because they really fucked up. Right. I mean, there's never any, like, celebrity or anything, maybe aside from Martin Shkreli, that yeah. like, I was really like, fuck this guy. Right. Um, aside from Donald Trump. I was just um, about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so are there any any parting thoughts about Dilbert, about Scott Adams, about this experience? Because I loved hearing this story. This was fascinating. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I guess my parting thoughts are like, I hope I've just made it clear that it's like, I don't, I don't have like too much actual ill will towards this guy other than like thinking he's a dummy. And like, when you're talking about like angry and like what gets us angry earlier, and it's like, I, I mean, I get angry all the time. Like anyone, like when you're presented with injustice, like the correct response is to be angry, and we all do that. But like with this, I think what this is truly rooted in is just like something I've never been able to get a hold of in myself, which is just like I cannot help myself. I saw an opportunity to bother the guy who did Dilbert, and I couldn't help myself. And there's sort of nothing more complicated to it than that. Like it's just that I can't, cannot help myself. There's also a level, I think, of like the lesson of just don't be a dick. Because if you're a dick, people are going to call you out on being a dick. But even, like, even then, like, I guess I'm sort of being a dick to this guy, and I just can't help myself. No, I I meant he was being the dick. Oh, yeah. Like, I I was saying, like, you're, like, if someone's a dick, someone else is going to call you out, and, like, you're the one calling him out for being a dick. Maybe it's a dick move. That's not for me to decide. Yeah, I mean, this is the same part of me that, like, when I, back when, like, Girls first was on the air, and there was all this, like, controversy, everyone was, like, everyone had a hot take on the show Girls. Right. My favorite thing to do was I would have my one friend, Matt, who, like, I knew was the most bothered by that talk, like... I would always, when we were in a group of people, right before I had to leave, if he was still saying, right before I left, I would always say, like, hey, what's everyone's thoughts on the show Girls? And then I'd bolt. <laughs> and it's like, now he has to spend the next 20 minutes, like, getting everyone's opinion on that show. There's, It's no different. I've grown in zero ways from that point. Like, point A and point B are the same point for me. I was like, this is the same part of myself that's bothering Scott Adams now. Yeah.